I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to the Horse Hour Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stevenson, and today I talked to Heather Bennett. She was an international show jumper who sadly had a horrific accident changing the course of her career. Now, through hard work, determination, and focus, she's a para-dressage rider, and Heather talks very openly about this journey and how she's preparing for Rio. So I actually came home and bought a dressage off. A dressage off, I couldn't actually get out of trot. I could not canter it, and that's when I suddenly started realising, although it is equestrian, it's totally different. This is Horse Hour. Welcome to another episode of Horse Hour. I'm really excited to introduce you to Heather Bennett. She's a paradressage rider and has a totally inspirational story that I can't wait for you to hear. How are you, Heather? Hi, I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. You've literally just come off riding right now. You're training with the squad? I am, yes. I'm actually at Solihull Equestrian Centre near Birmingham. So we came down earlier today. The squad session, so all the other riders will come tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But I always tend to come a day early, so I'm prepared and ready to do everything and Tika gets settled in and everything. So it's just, it's better for her that she doesn't get straight off a wagon and then be expected to perform to her best ability. So I give her as much downtime as possible. So, yeah, so now now it's chilling out time for me now as well. Oh, nice. How old's Tika? Um, She's coming 12. I got her as an eight-year-old coming nine. So I've had her three years. So, yeah, time tends to stand still in this job. You seem to, it just seems to fly and you lose all track of time. So she's just coming 12. So she's not, she's not overall. And was she difficult to find? Um, <laughs> well, I had to bought her off a video, so something that most that you should never do, really. <laughs> Don't buy horses, un, untried and unseen, but that's what I did. I used to um, show jump and buy quite a few horses through a friend of mine that show jumps, and he sent me a video. Mm. And everybody said to me, well, she just looks very normal, Heather, are you, what are you doing? Don't bother buying her, she's not, she's not special or anything, so... I bought her anyway. And I've just had um, a thing with her all the time. She, she's more like a dog with me. She's, I've, I've just connected with her. So, um, yeah, it's just gone from getting better and better and better all the time. So I guess you really need that, don't you? If you're travelling all over the world, your horse is essential that they trust you. Yeah, we've ridden in pouring down rain, rain that's like being proper puddles and you can't see the judges 
um, box because of the rain. I've, I've ridden her in really hot conditions out in Holland where it's hot and flyy. Mm. And then I've ridden her in snow conditions and also, and she's always the same, which is really, really good. Um, she, she just listens to me and she just gets on with what she's doing, which is a very big bonus. Um, so that you know that where you're training at home, she's the same as competition. Oh, Some horses, the, the train at home really good and then they get nervous at competitions and things where she's, she's really good. She's just the same. Do you think that comes down to her breeding or the type of breed that she is? Um, well, she's actually, she's actually a Dutch horse. She's um, Rody and Burgraff. So she's Pat dressage bred and Pat jumping bred. Um, mm. And I think it's... I still keep in touch with the breeder because I actually bought a direct from the breeder and she has a full sister and a full sister is nothing like her. Oh, really? So I think it, yeah, it's like I'm nothing like my sister. So it's a, I think it's very similar in that sense. Yeah. The movement and all the that sort of thing, I think, is bred. But her character just comes from her. She's very independent. She's not bothered really about other horses. A lot of it's how they're brought up as well, but some are more spooky than others and some react more than... But she does have a, a big connection with people. Um, she loves people. She's really talkative. She whinnies at you all the time. She's <laughs> like, well, you be quiet. <laughs> you know, we get to a show and I walk around the back of the wagon and the first thing she does is whinny. Oh. And it's like, oh, we've come to somewhere else. Where are we now? Yeah. Um, so, she, yeah, she's she's quite a special little horse. Although she's not that little, she's um, 17 ounces, so she's not oh that little. Oh, my God, 17. <laughs> that is a long yeah. way to come off. Yeah, she's, she's quite a big girl. <laughs> In terms of uh, of like a competition horse, then at the level that you're at, how old do you think? What's their limit of age? Um, well, a lot of people are under the illusion that if they become a para horse for a para rider, then it doesn't matter if they're not sound and the duck. I think the intensity of the work isn't as great. Mm. Um, but within the para, I'm a grade three, and I think grade threes and grade fours are very much like able-bodied and it depends on the horse to be honest if they're enjoying the work and they've got no illnesses or lamenesses or anything like that then you keep going a lot of the time when a horse is used to going to competitions it's actually when you stop going that they're like oh you know it's like what am I doing now mm. I'm not doing anything and they tend to go downhill so there's there's quite a few para horses out competing at the moment that are 19 Oh, wow. uh, yeah, so in comparison, Tigger's quite young, really. My other half made me laugh the other day because he said, is it true that horses can live till they're like 28? And I oh, said, yeah, well, some yeah, of them yeah. live till they're 36. And he said, so we've got yeah. Blackjack for that long. And I said, yes, <laughs> you've got him for a really <laughs> <Yeah>. long time. <laughs> yeah, and I think the, the last longer in the arena is they're not, they're not pushed too early. Mm. because people buy a, a, a lovely horse with really good movement and everything and you always ask for more and more and more and it's really difficult to say well actually it's only five or six so I should just give it a break now for a bit mm. and then pick it up again but if you've got something that's good and that's that trainable it's it's our human nature that we just want to get on and do it and sometimes you've got to be really strict with yourself and say well she needs a break or yeah, and it's the same even at the level I'm competing at. She had all winter time off, 
Oh, so really? She's actually only done three competitions this year. Oh. <laughs> so, so they do need their downtime as well. And, and so, is she a forever horse? Um, yeah, I won't sell her. People say, "Now, yeah, will you ever sell her?" And I don't think I would. Um, she's, I've, I've ridden and I've sold lots and lots and lots of horses, and mm. I always say every horse is for sale. Um, she is the first horse that I've got on to the world class program. And I've gone out at three star and I've won at three star with her. And, yeah, I don't think I would ever sell her. <laughs> no, it sounds <laughs> like you've with got me a really, for life. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like you've got a really lovely bond with her. And it's, I should imagine it's it's quite easy to get into that, well, this horse is going to do this job. And then when I'm past this point, I'll need another horse to do it. And yeah, yeah, so you don't yeah. almost don't have that connection. But it sounds like you've got a, a beautiful connection with her. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's lovely. And I do also, you know, or I, I get lunged on her, I ride her with no race, I ride her with no stirrups, I ride her. It, she's like part of me rather than yeah. a horse that you just sit on. Which, when you're actually in the ring and competing, I think that shows through. Mm. Um, you know, so that you, you'd like as one rather than a, a rider sat on a horse. Well, I think it's what... Uh like I can speak because I'm totally an amateur but I think it's what it should be about it should be about the partnership so well can you take us back to your early days then Heather because you were an international show jumper I was yes um yeah I I grew up with ponies and doing all the normal riding club things and then I decided to go down the line of being a show jumper so I competed and that's where I've got quite a lot of riding experience because I rode lots of different types of horses. Mm. I I rode internationally. I um I rode in AITs. I jumped at the Great Yorkshire Show, which is all the big competitions round up in Yorkshire. <laughs> um, what was it like then, your first your first time jumping at a big show? How did you feel? Um, I'm a very focused rider and. When you ride and you go in big arenas, like the first time I rode at the Horse of the Year show, and you go in the arena and you actually don't see any of the crowd, so it doesn't really matter where you are. Oh, really? Um, when you show jump, yeah, it's the people around you that actually give you the most vibes off you, and you think, like, well, you just go away. <laughs> um, you, you have to be able to cut everybody out and concentrate on what you're doing, basically. So if you're going in there thinking, well, look at all this crowd, you, you're not focusing on what you're doing. Yeah. So you you canter into Hickstead Main Arena that's absolutely enormous and all you it's you your horse and the fences you have to concentrate on what you're doing so because mm. I yeah. often wonder if the crowd you know when they're going oh ah you know if you knock a pole down the, the crowd are feeling it and making a noise I often wonder if that puts you off but clearly it doesn't yeah, if you're focused no not if you I mean some riders it does I can only speak for me and I I can cut things out um but obviously some riders can't and it does, a lot of riders get nervous before the compete. Mm. But I think, yeah, I, I, I'm lucky. I can cut it out. I don't get nerves, especially. Um, I try too hard, if anything, because I think you can try too hard and then mis- make mistakes through trying too hard rather than just doing it. So um, How can it, you it's try just, too hard? So as a dressage rider... You have to go into the arena and you're in there for five minutes. And in that five minutes, you have to look harmonious. Mm. But you also have your adrenaline, obviously, because everybody wants to go in there and do a good job and ride to the best of their ability. 
Yes. So you go in there, stay focused on what you're doing and keep your adrenaline up, but in a relaxed way. Mm. So the minute you tense on any horse, whether you're on the ground or back on it, the horse reacts to it. Yeah. So, so you have to put yourself in a place where you are relaxed. Even if something goes wrong in your test, the good thing about dressage is you can get max, making your next movement even better. Whereas in show jumping, you can't. You have a pole on the floor and then that's it. You can't pick it up and put it back <laughs> in. It's on the floor. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, it's... Um, yeah, it's just a, a way of being focused and when you're on the world-class program then um, we get a lot of help with psychologists and professional people that help you if you suffer from nerves or suffer from things so yeah anxiety is a big one isn't it yeah yeah I mean I know people that are like literally sick before they go eventing and it's like oh why are you doing it if it's so if it's so bad for you why do you do it mm. but yeah there are and it does help if you need to speak to somebody. Or, or you, everybody's different, you know. I'm a, I'm a little bit OCD, so I've got to have everything as is. Hence, <laughs> I come to squad like hmm. 24 hours early, but I have to have things planned and done. Yeah. Whereas leaving everything to last minute, and I don't I don't like it. I can do it, and I have to. You do have to do it because not everything's always as TikTok as you want it to be. Mm. Um, but in the ideal world, I like my little routine of what's happening. But then it's to your chills, um, aren't you? Because the whole point is that we have to be relaxed all the time when it comes to the horses yeah, when we're riding. Yeah. So if we're stressing yeah. out, trying to, you know, suddenly find your boots, you it don't know where they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so much easier if you're there early. And I think preparation is actually, yeah. is that that must be a huge part of it in the first place. Yeah, and I have a, I have a groom that's quite laid back. So... If I do get stressed, she doesn't react to my stress. <laughs> oh, that's good. So she, so, which is good. So you do need somebody to like, oh, just calm down and go away. And, but yeah, it's, um, it is. It's that harmony between your heart. And they, do, they pick up on vibes that you can say to people, well, I don't ride any different, but there's something happening that's making things change. And nine out of ten times, it's, it's the rider that's just tensed up different or you know yeah it's a very fine line the grooms are the unsung heroes as well aren't they because they offer you so much support i guess you couldn't could you do it without them it would make your life a lot more difficult wouldn't it yeah it's i found i've so i've been on the world class program now sort of 18 months yes and because i've got a horsey experience before this then i found it still helpful even though i've got a horsey experience there's a lot of the youngsters that come on to it that it helps them focus more and work as a team and everything. Mm. Um, but the support that we get is absolutely phenomenal. We, you know, we can pick up the phone anytime. We can call a vet. I can call a doctor for myself. I, you can ask so many and just get other people's views on things. Mm. Um, obviously, it's the aim is to win gold medals. That is what the World Class Programme is for, and that's within all athletes throughout the UK, whether it be equestrian or running or anything. And obviously that's supported by the UK lottery funding. So everybody has to keep buying lottery, lottery <laughs> tickets yeah. for us to go out and buy, win medals. But yeah, the help is phenomenal. But you've got to learn how to ask for it, as in a lot of people. And I, for one, I came onto the World Class programme and I'd be thinking, oh, well, oh, I don't want to bother them and ask them about this. Mm. And I don't really... Whereas the more you get out of it, is the more you can put into it. It's it is very good. And and I guess part of it is they're there to help you, so you need to kind of ask yeah, the questions. Yeah, everybody's there. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, everybody's there. There's nobody not wanting you to do good. They're all there to help you through everything. You know, we have a physio, we have a doctor. The physio travels with the competitions. Mm. The vet travels with us. You know, it, it's... And that's why we are world number one at Paradressage because of the structure that world class run. Um, we have very regular rider reviews. We have set goals, but all those goals are achievable. So if you were on a world class program for people, you know, anybody, if you have a, a big goal at the end of it, yes, I want to ride wherever, but have small goals leading up to it so that are achievable mm. so that you think, ah, you know, I can get up this ladder and do it in small stages rather than one big leap. Yeah, it's very, very good. And like I say, it is, that's why we are the best in the world at it. Yeah, we're, we're proud. We are very proud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you'd know, Heather, more than anybody, I think, how hard it is because you had such a different life before you became a paradressage rider. I did, yeah. Um, I was a top show jumper. And unfortunately, I was actually at a warm-up competition before the Hickstead Derby, where I'd entered. Mm. And I came off the horse I was riding in the arena, in the competition. So, and so I stopped the show for a few hours, but I ended up breaking my neck. Mm. Um, and that's when I, uh, yeah, that's when everything changes. And I think it makes you see things a lot different. So... I do have a lot more patience than I used to have. Um, but it makes you think, you know, about things. And I, through all my rehabilitation work that I did, and I did go back to jumping for a short while before I started with the dressage. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I um, I went back. I kept the horse that I had my accident on. It was actually one of the best horses I've ever owned. Hmm. And... I had the goal, you see, of saying, I said, I won't sell him, I have to get back on him, I have to jump, and I have to win a class, and then I'll sell him. And that's what I did eventually. Oh, wow. But I'm a type of person, I do have to set myself goals to to get there. Mm. Um, I don't like just aimlessly going along and not having something to progress to. So when I was in the hospital, the surgeons came up to me and they're saying, you know, don't think about riding. You'll never be riding again. Just concentrate on getting out of the hospital and all this. But I've had horses since I was three years old, so they're, they're like second niche to me. And I said to everybody, no, you're not selling me off. It's staying. I actually um, lent him to a young rider, um, Daniel Mosley, who went out and did exceptionally well on him. Then I got him back and I did ride him. <laughs> and then I thought, oh, I'll, I'll just keep show jumping. And I, I rode para show jumping and I won out in France. Oh, wow. And I had to go for um, classifications. So within the para world, there are um, five grades. So I had to go for classification where you go in front of physios and doctors and they decide what grade you ride at. Hmm. And whilst I was there, I bumped into the late Jane Goldsmith, who was the founder of Para Dressage. And she actually approached me and said, why don't you do dressage? And it had never crossed my mind because all I ever did was show jump. So I came away thinking and she says, oh, you know, grade, you'd be like grade three and there's the Olympics and all this. So I actually came home and bought a dressage off. <laughs> um, a dressage off, I couldn't actually get out of trot. I could not canter it. And that's when I suddenly started realising, although it is equestrian, it's totally different. Your aids are different, everything's different. So I had to like, learn to, to ride totally different 
Mm. I set goals, that's how I managed to do it. Yeah. Are there any moments of that accident that that, that scared you moving forward for riding? Because our biggest fear is that we we'll, we'll, won't be able to ride again. You know, the falling off isn't the scary bit. It's the not being able to ride. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's, I really think it's wrong when surgeons, uh, whenever, I've had a lot of accidents, and when they start going to, oh, you shouldn't be riding and you shouldn't be doing this. Well, when it's your passion and that's all you want to do, that's the last thing you want to be hearing. Mm. Um, I have... Because after I started show jumping, after I broke my neck six months later, mm. I actually had a, a naughty else that reared up on me and came over backwards and it broke my tibia and my fibula in the right leg. So then I was off again for a fair few months um, in plaster. And people always say to me, well, why, do, why do you carry on? And I think it's, I don't know, everybody says I must be part of a horse or something, but <laughs> it, it's in your blood. When, yeah. you, when it's in your blood, you just do it. <laughs> it's an addiction. <laughs> We're addicted. <laughs> it is. It is. It's a horse addiction. It is. It's terrible. Um, and unless you're with horses, people don't understand. It's like, what are you doing? Just all you're doing is playing about with your ponies yeah. and if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, they are very therapeutic. Yeah, I read an amazing <laughs> quote today, and it said, if horse riding wasn't dangerous, it would be called football. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. It is dangerous, but we know it's dangerous. When we're going into it, we know it's dangerous. Yeah. It's it's yeah. how you overcome that. I mean, you're very lucky to six months later, and I'm sure you put in a lot of rehabilitation at work as well. I, I can't imagine that was easy. Yeah, no, I was, I was out of the saddle about two and a half years in total, and then I was off another six months after I broke my leg. And you do go through downs thinking, oh, no, I won't be able to ride, and I won't be able to do this, and I'll... Like, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't get washed by myself. I couldn't brush my hair. I couldn't do anything. But there's always another way around of doing anything. And if you look at the bigger picture, there's always, always somebody out there that's worse than yourself. So mm. I just tended to put myself into that zone and think, well, you know, there's a friend of mine who is a para-rider. She had the exact same accident as me, and yet she's in a wheelchair. Mm. Um you know, she, she's a grade one, one A, so she doesn't walk to. And, it, you know, I don't know. It's just there is always somebody out there worse, so you just got to get on with it and make the best of what you can. So what is a grade three classification? So the grades are from one. So you've got one A and one B, two, three and four. Mm. So your grade four are your least disabled person. Yeah. And your grade one A's are your most disabled person. So your one A's do a walk test, your grade twos do a walk and trot, and then your threes and fours are doing walk, trot and canter. And in a freestyle, we do everything barring temperature changes. Okay, so you can do walk, trot and canter? Yeah, yeah, we still do all the lateral work and yeah, yeah. And the horse... And I ride able-bodied as well, and like Tika, I've trained her up to PSG, so we go out competing up to advanced medium. At home, I'm working up to PSG level. Oh, wow. So is that the same horse that you ride then, Power 2? Yeah. Oh, great. So yeah, she can be yeah. in both? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's, there's no reason not to be in both at all. Um, when I first started doing it, I used to take her out quite a bit able-bodied. Mm. But that was for my ring experience because although I've ridden all my life and I show-jumped majority of my life, I didn't have any ring experience for dressage. Yes. So I I wanted more experience, so I went out and did the able-bodied um, on her as well. So, yeah, no, you can ride both. Can I ask, Heather, what is it that makes you classified as a three? So I broke my neck, and like I said, I broke my tibia and my fibula, so I have lost the sensation in my hands. Yeah. And, well, to a point that I've got to have another operation at some point of this year because this year, I'm losing my, my grip sensation in my right hand. Mm. Um, so I'm I'm allowed to ride with looped reins, so I can try and hold my reins better, so I don't have the grip sensation. And I'm a lot weaker down my right side. Right. Um, 
So, yeah, and not that bad, but there's still a few bits in it that work. <laughs> and, and Childerick Saddles, Tricia uh, makes all your saddles yeah. for you. So does she make she them does, fit yeah. it so that they fit, they're easier for you to ride with and they fit better? She, she makes the, obviously, she'll make them however I ask her to make them. And I'm like when I have lessons or anything, I want people to train me as though there was nothing wrong with me and then I'll, I'll work it out how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the saddle she makes me, when I first started doing dressage and I didn't have a very good seat because I tend to lose my balance a bit through my transitions. Mm. So she, she made it where I had a bigger knee block and a bigger this and a bigger that to try and hold me in the saddle more. But as I've got I've got stronger through doing all the strength and conditioning and the physio through world class and she changes my saddle quite regular so I've got smaller knee blocks now and a smaller seat and Oh, brilliant. So she does change. Yeah, really, really good. And, you know, she she looks at riders and they'll look. So if, you, if you've if you got an amputee or something, then she will actually design saddles to fit rather than just sort of bodging one that mm. doesn't fit. So she's very, very good, yeah. Oh, we love Tricia. She gave us some tips on saddle fitting a couple of weeks ago. So we're grateful, <laughs> yeah. we're grateful to those because now we actually know what we're looking for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, and the... The lovely, lovely saddles are like so comfortable. They're, they're really nice saddles. I always wondered whether it'd be worth having seat belts for saddles or whether that would be a little <laughs> bit too dangerous. But you know, I'm not very good at staying in at all, let alone just in transition. So uh, a little seat belt yeah. might help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did used to suggest that. Touch wars, I've not, I've not come off doing dress out at the minute. So that's one good thing. It's, Everybody tells me it's less dangerous. So. Yeah, it's the it's the abandoned ship moment, though. You can't abandon ship if you've got a seatbelt <laughs> on. You know when you know the horse no, is going to go and you're like, do I jump now or do I risk it? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, this is really exciting because now you're building up to Rio. Yes, I am. I'm one of the long-listed riders for Rio, so that's really exciting. And have they given you a heads up? Because you've got to buy flights, well, you've got to get over there. Right, world class organise all that. Amazing. Marvellous. (laughs) But obviously because it's horses, um, our selection date is quite close to the Olympic date Mm. because it's not just us as athletes, it's also the horses. So they do the selection quite close. Um, The paradressage, as I said, has been going now 20 years. And the team, as the team has been for ages now, is the few that have always gone out and won medals. But obviously things change throughout the years and people are coming up. So there's, I think, I think there's about 10 or 12 riders on the long list and there'll be five going to the Olympics. That is not as many um, as I thought. I thought it would be more riders on the long list, actually. No, 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 no. No, so it's the, the podium squad. Yeah. Um, yeah, there'd only be like 10 riders in contention, really, 10 or 12 riders. Um, the problem is, like I say, it is horse and rider combination. So even if you're nearly 99% sure you'll be selected, all it needs is your horse to have a problem and then you're not going anywhere. Mm. Um, I was a reserve rider for the Europeans last year. So now I'm on the long list for which five and a half, well, nearly six years ago when I started doing paradressage, everybody told me I was wasting my time. So it just shows you you can do things if you if you've determined to do it. Why would they tell you that you can't do it? Although it's all equestrian, people have a very set sort of guideline. So if normally a show jumper is a show jumper, a dressage rider is a dressage rider. Yeah. 
and normally they don't they don't interlink with each other. Oh, so that's insane. You know, isn't so it? What's a show jumper doing dressage and vice versa? So. But you're a horseman, and, also, and surely you could take yes, up, exactly. take so That's many. Yeah, surely you can take yeah. things from each discipline, which will only enhance yeah, your exactly. riding. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I don't mind getting on. I, my horses wouldn't be called para horses, so that's why I can go out able-bodied. Mm. You know, there's it is. I've like, I could have grown up riding horses, so that's <laughs> that's the, a lot of the para riders come up through RDA, mm. so they. They've never ridden before, and if they're born with MS or things like that, it, it's sort of a bit different. Yeah. So, yeah, so the long list is as it is, and to be on the long list is absolutely brilliant, just to be on it at the minute. <laughs> um, but we go, like, this month, we've got a kitchen out day in London, so all the long listed, all the riders in contention go, because our selection date isn't until July. Okay. So we all go and get kitted out, and then... We're not given it until we're selected. Oh, so no. <laughs> it's whether we get given the back afterwards or not. But it's all really good experience. It's a day out in London. And, yeah, it's hard to yeah, not get too excited, isn't it? Because in case, in case you're not selected, I can't imagine why you yeah. wouldn't be selected. But would you go anyway? Um, I would have said yes, but I wouldn't because there's the national championships running at the same time in England. So I'd go there. Okay. Um. I actually leased a horse um, from the country for London 2012. So I, I went to London 2012 as a spectator. So I've actually been to an Olympics and, and done all the, although I wasn't riding, my horse was there. Mm. So they like the flights out to Rio and all, like the horse feed is already out in Rio now. It's all on its way there anyway. It's all been loaded and it's gone on um, ships. So preparation to get there started in january really wow and people don't realize sort of behind the scenes what's going on mm. it's um yeah a heck of a, a heck of a, a, a big job to ship us all out there and it's a massive mission like they're already booked you see oh my god and um, you said you mentioned yeah. earlier that you, you you bought your first dressage horse your first para dressage horse but you yeah. couldn't get him to walk trot and canter was he a was he an able body horse or was he a dressage yes was he, a- he was <laughs> he um, so I, I turned up to look at this lovely dressage horse all in his white boots and his dressage saddle <laughs> and I watched the girl riding so she did everything I passed it, everything it was an advanced horse and I got on him and it's like oh well where where bought it go for me so to the fact I'd never been in a dressage saddle so that put me in a totally different position that I was, I was it was out of my comfort zone I didn't know where I was going and also, the aids that you give to a dressage horse is different to the aids that you give to a jumping horse. Mm. So it's like, oh, heavens. And I'd watched and watched this girl ride him, and I just thought, well, if she can do it, I have to find out how to ride. And it, at that point, when I brought him home, because I didn't even have any, I didn't have a dressage saddle, I actually ran Trisha because Trisha helped me even when I was show jumping. Oh, and yeah. I met her before my accident of, and, she says, you, you want what? You want a dressage saddle? What's wrong with you? So anyway, so she brought me a dressage saddle. Um, so yeah, and I did and I did manage to ride him eventually. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, um, I suppose it's like a sprint runner and a marathon runner. It's just different ways of doing things. And, well, it's incredible. Yeah, it's Not different. only have you learned how to ride dressage and you never rode dressage before, but in six years you've made it up to the Olympics. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, quite um 
I don't look at it like that until I sit down and think about it. And like I say, I bought Tika three years ago. Mm. And sort of within the first year, they, they asked me to join the Excel talent program, which should be a two-year program. And after 12 months, they took me off that and they put me on the world-class potential podium. Wow. So it's like, oh, yeah, things are... But she's very inconsistent in her scores and, like I say, in a, the environment where we are at any show, she just goes out and does her best. Mm. And she's she's very trainable. She doesn't forget things that I show her or tell her. She, she remembers and she just goes up. She's very, very good, very consistent. Was that ever your golden plan, though? Was your, was your plan to get as high as you could? Or like you yeah. mentioned, it, it was. It always, so you always had. Yeah. It's not like, because some people just um, are so relaxed about their riding. They're like, oh, well, I just enjoy the partnership. And I just I just kind of fallen yeah, no. into that next step. But you had a set goal. You yeah. know exactly what you wanted. No, I When I started with Dressa, I said that was my first question. Whatever I want was, how do I get to onto the world class program to ride in the Olympics. Yeah. And that's when people say, Oh, you're you're a bit old and you haven't done it long enough and you haven't got enough experience in dressage and you haven't done this and you haven't done that. So yeah, my my goal was to do what I've done. Um I'm I'm not a person that when hopes something happens. Mm. So and when I show jumped, everybody used to say to me, well, people only ever remember the winners, they never remember the second place. And I sort of have that idea in my dressage. I have to go out and win. So I'm a bit, I'm a bit cantankerous if I don't. <laughs> and then the groom um, hides in a corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the groom hides. So, um, but yeah, but I find the dressage, you've got more of a, a chance. If you make a mistake, you can actually, last weekend we went out, I actually did make a mistake and put that behind me straight away and carried on. And I still won the class. Oh, wow. Whereas in, in, in jumping, you'd never be able to do that. So there's a lot of good things about the dressage side. And I'm, my nature, I'm a little bit OCD, so the dressage does fit in quite well with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything has to be clean and matching and all the rest of it. What are your favourite parts of the dressage? I'd like to go away competing, and I'd like to go competing abroad because that gives you a wider look on the competitors that you're up against because mm. those are like if you get to the olympics those are the people that you're up against so it gives you a, a, a better understanding and a clearer picture of where you are on the world um and, i mean they do a ranking list in dressage like they do show jumping at the i think i'm about number 30 in the world wow um, and that's throughout all the grades do um, you ever cry so I, um, heather oh my gosh to see your name <laughs> on that board do you not think oh my god does i I've done it. I think maybe I'm so busy I don't ever think about it. I always, like we finish at one competition and me and the train go over what we're doing for the next competition. So you don't ever have time yeah, to take it in really? No, probably, no. One day I might, sit, when I when I win a gold medal then it'll be like, oh right, okay, we've done it now somehow. <laughs> I'll be crying for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit emotional here. Um, Who is your trainer? So I train with Angela Vice who is actually Sophie Wells' trainer as well, who, who rode at London 2012. So she's a very experienced trainer in the para. Mm. And, and have you ridden with her since day one? So I started off with a, with the horse that I couldn't get out of walk and trot. I started off with her then. And then that was the year 2012 when she was concentrating on, on Sophie for the London Olympics. Mm. So I moved away from her. 
and went a bit by myself to have a play about. And I actually started training with her again um, 12 months ago. So in that time, you trained that horse yourself. So not only did you teach yourself yes. how to do dressage, but you also taught a horse how oh, to do it. Yeah, I'm a, I am very... Um, yeah, I um, ask lots of questions and watch videos and do all sorts of things. And we have these squad training sessions, which is where I am now, where we have coaches and they, they help you and give you not homework, but say you want to go home and work on this and work on that. So mm. I am a ride. I never did my own work at school, but with horses <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, but Angela, she comes with me to the competition and, and she coaches me at, at home as well. She'll come up to me or I'll go down to her and I'll go and stop there for a few days. And mm. So, yeah, there's a lot of commitment from a lot of people as well as myself. Yeah, it sounds like a, lo- a lot. Stuff that we didn't, wouldn't even think about, really. No, no, you don't. And then uh, you go in the arena for five minutes. So there's thousands and thousands of hours going to those five minutes. So I've got to do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's so exciting. We're not that far away now. So um, my fingers are crossed for you, Heather. I really want you to be there. Thank (laughs) you. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully. um, I'll just keep fingers crossed. So So we find... What will be, will be, but it'll be good. You teach as well, don't you? You, um, Do do you you train other people? Yeah, I coach show jumping, um, and I, I coach able-bodied dressage, and I coach para dressage as well. So, yeah, a, a bro- anybody that needs hand with horses, basically. So even I have people ringing me as well, saying, oh, this is happening. If I can't get to you, what do you think I should do, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I do um, a few clinics. I go out, and I go out to Isle of Man quite regularly. Do you? Um, coaching over there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can you uh, come and do a clinic down in Dorset, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get some people together. I'm more I can welcome. give you a lot of broken it's horses. It's nicer weather down there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's always sunny. Yeah, it's snowing still up there. Oh, no. You're kidding. <laughs> We've had a heat wave. Yeah, I am. Oh, okay. The weather is the weather isn't as nice up here as it is down there. Oh well, Heather. Thank you so so much for being so open and sharing your story with us. And um, well, literally, my fingers are crossed. And I, I really wish, I really hope that you get in, so yeah. then you can tell us all about it and all the experience. And now I feel like yeah. we know Tika, so we'll be willing Tika yeah. on as yeah. well. Well, I, I do have a face on Facebook and a page on Facebook, so you just keep your eye on that and see what's happening. And I'm. I'll be more than happy to talk to you if it happens or if it doesn't happen, whichever. It will. I've got I've got a good feeling about it. <laughs> a good feeling. I don't know what it is, but say so, yes. So you're on Twitter, and um, and we yeah. can catch up with you on Facebook and see what you're doing. Well, oh, good luck. Yep, yeah, you can. All right. Nice to speak to you, Amy. Thank you so much. You take care. You're welcome. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Next week, Cassie's back. We're talking horse finance. Do you think we should be able to finance horses when we buy them? Or do you think we should have to save and then buy the horse when we can afford to buy them? I'm really interested to get your thoughts on this. So please send us a tweet at Horse Hour. In the meantime, hope you have a good week and I'll speak to you soon. You've been listening to Horse Hour. Join the community on Twitter, Mondays, 8pm UK time, 3pm Eastern by using the hashtag HorseHour. Follow Amy at AmyStevenson1, subscribe to us on Acast, 
and go to horsehour.org for more equestrian advice and information.